invite you to stand as you're able as we read today the gospel lesson from Matthew 28, the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Uh, in a country church, now this would never happen here, but in a country church, there was a, a congregant who fell asleep during the sermon. Uh, just a few minutes before the pastor posed an important question, asking everyone who is there, uh, will all who want to go to heaven stand up? And everyone stood up except the one sleepy congregant. Well, then the pastor directed them to sit down, and he continued in a very dramatic fashion as we tend to do. Uh, now will all who want to dance with the devil still stand up? Just then someone dropped a hymnal on the floor and it awakened that sleepy parishioner who stood up and looked around and said sheepishly, well, pastor, I don't know what we're voting for, but it looks like it's just you and me. <laughs> Listen, I get it. When a preacher starts talking about stewardship, People get really familiar with one of two things, their shoes or the backs of their eyelids. But the truth is, stewardship, it ought to be one of the most celebrated seasons and Sundays that there is. Think about what you've heard and seen and witnessed. Think about the cornucopia reminding us of God's many abundant blessings that is visible here. Think about all that we are on mission to accomplish accomplished together. You know, I was thinking about it. I, I went to visit my doctor recently, and it was a checkup, and, and oftentimes what doctors will do, they'll start, you know, poking and checking reflexes, and they'll start doing these kinds of things. Does this hurt here? Does that, that hurt there? You know, all this is, this is fine. And if, if you cry, you know, or wince in a certain way, uh, one of two things are going to happen. Either the doctor pushed too hard, or something is actually wrong, and you need to have some more tests run, and the doctor might say something like, we better run those tests because it's not supposed to hurt here. So when we preach on financial responsibility, some of us cry out in, in discomfort. We talk about the message or the, the messenger, and either the pastor has pushed too hard, or maybe there's just something that's a little bit off because we really need the great physician because it's not supposed to hurt here <laughs> when we talk about generosity and following God's example of generosity. Today is the day when it's not supposed to hurt there. It's the day that we make a pledge of, of faith together, the day we hold our time and our talents and, and our treasures in, in trust with one another and with God, and, and we expect a miracle. We expect that God will do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine when we hold ourselves in common. Today is the day that dreams begin. It's the day that dreams or realize it's the day when we shake our fists at the darkness and the chaos because we believe in a better tomorrow, because we are the church. We are resurrection people. 
and we believe Christ is continuing to raise death to life and darkness to light. That is the importance of our pledge today. We're making a commitment to God and to one another. We're trusting that those seated around us will do his or her part as well as we move forward on mission. Uh, on the day that Jesus was raised from the tomb, that's the resurrection story just prior to the Great Commission, which I just read. Uh, on the day that Jesus was raised, there was a tremendous earthquake, according to Matthew's gospel. And, and in the gospel, it mentions that the earth shook so violently that tombs were open and the bodies of the dead just started roaming the streets of Jerusalem. Now, let that sink in for just a minute. I think that's awesome, by the way. We believe in that same power of resurrection, the power that can still shake the earth below our feet and can rattle the gates of hell when God's people, the living body of Christ, commit to the mission that Christ is making all things new. And once resurrected, that's, that's when the mission began. He went ahead to the mountain in, in Galilee. He told him he would meet them there. And I don't know if you thought about this story. Maybe you've been reading it prior to this Sunday. But he said, tell the disciples to meet me there. And I just wondered what was going through the minds of those disciples. Surely some of them thought we're being set up. Rome is trying to get us outside the city. They've, they've taken our leader. Now they're going to take out the rest of us. Or maybe some were quite curious at the witness of, of the women. Maybe he did rise. Maybe they were looking for direction from Peter. They'd been scattered. Maybe this was going to be uh, some kind of family homecoming. Who knows? But they, they showed up, and Matthew gives us this detail. Some showed up, and seeing the resurrected Christ, not dead, but alive, some worshipped, and others did what? Do you remember? cup on the head, doubted. Some worshipped, and some doubted. And if that's not the image of the church, I don't know what is. Some worship, and some of us doubt, and, but we all, we all gather nevertheless. Within this sanctuary, and within homes, and, and restaurants, and nursing home facilities, and hospitals right this moment, you have gathered to worship with a range of emotions. Curiously, reverently, fatigued maybe, jubilantly, hesitantly, even doubtful about what God can do through, through us, through, through your own life maybe. The good news today is the same risen Christ who commissioned the first disciples commissions disciples today to share the good news, to baptize like we just did with Bowen, to proclaim a message of hope that he is not dead, he is risen. And if there ever was a, tang a tangible way that the church attests to the resurrection of Christ, it's by being the church, by loving God and loving people, by feeding, quenching, clothing, welcoming, visiting, and by going and sending to share some good news. Not fake news, not misinformation, not disinformation, but the only good news that matters, that Christ has overcome all things. And the body of Christ still participates in the resurrection power. So our pledge today is a testament to our faith that Christ is alive and well in this world and is choosing to use us, the church, to share the love of God near and far. That's what our pledge is. Every time uh, we pray, that's part of the pledge card, things change, mostly the heart of the one doing the praying. And every time we're present, 
It might not feel like it changes your life, but it changes someone else's life who feels like he or she's going through life alone. So we show up. The sacrament of the present. Every time we give, we change someone's stories. Every time we use our talents to serve, the kingdom of God draws near in that moment. We're not just another mission. We're, we're the mission. We are the mission that Christ intends for this world to know. And with so many things tugging at our resources and our time, prioritizing and serving and, and giving, it, it makes it more difficult to align ourselves with God's mission. But the reality is the church isn't something we go to. It's not even really something that we belong to like another club. We are the church. We are the church on mission. It's a right and good and joyful thing for the world to see us standing together in solidarity to meet the most pressing needs around us. Because the thing is, you can have actions without love, but you can't have love without actions. You can pledge with love. You cannot love without pledging to pray and to be present and, and to share and to serve and to witness. It's gospel. It's part of our covenant. This, this great commission, this third part of our stewardship initiative, it's about, it's about production. It's, it's the math of, of multiplication, not, not division. The world, is, it's figured out how to do that. The church is about multiplication, multiplying love and joy and peace. It's our responsibility to change the narrative. And I love what one blogger says. There's a minister uh, up in Indiana or, or, um, or Illinois, and he says this about the day's text. He said, Jesus does not say, therefore go and make consumers, or therefore go and make spectators, or therefore go and make customers or admirers or even converts. Go and make disciples. Go and find the ones who want to learn what it means to do more than just defend the gospel, but to demonstrate the gospel. This good news is a declaration and demonstration. Live the love that we receive from God. That's how it works. It's announcement and action. And the good news is really only good when it invades bad spaces. <laughs> Our theology is only as good as the actionable love it produces. Good theology without love and action is actually just bad theology. <laughs> and so I'm asking myself today, does, does life do we, does everything we're doing, uh, aligning ourselves with mission and ministry, does it look like the good news? Does it look like public fruit from a private conviction and spiritual formation? It's almost sacramental in that way. That what the world is, is witnessing today, what we are witnessing in one another today is an outward invisible sign of a conviction that God has placed on our minds and our hearts. Go and make disciples. It's an evangelical essential. It's not a suggestion. It's not conditional that we wait for all of life's problems to be figured out or our theology is intact or we feel comfortable with the lay of the land. We just go. We'll follow Jesus' commission because of our own baptism. And we go where we're sent because of the conviction of grace. I think what Jesus is doing in this great commission is revealing his own willingness to invest in people to entrust the church 
with his ministry. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to us. The mission of the church is entrusted to people. Psalm 24 says that um, uh, everything in the earth belongs to the Lord. But the thing is, it's entrusted to us. We are stewards of God's creation to manage it, sustain it, to grow it, and to return a portion back. So by making a pledge today, we're pledging more than money. Somebody can drop a hymnal right now. More than money. It's a profession of faith that we believe in the work that Christ is doing at First United Methodist Church right now. And we're willing to take a step forward in the future together. I believe in it. I believe in us. I believe in Christ's work through us. I believe in it, in it so much that, that this year is stretching our, our budgeting, our own stewardship more than it ever has. We're giving it at 14% of, of our income, and that's a lot. My philosophy, my theology of giving personally has been give until it hurts and then give a little bit more. Whew. It's not supposed to hurt there, but it does. <laughs> We feel it. But then I think about Jesus who emptied himself in, in obedience. He poured himself out selflessly. The least I can do, the least we can do is pour ourselves out through our generosity. And I know it seems like so many things we hold sacred are, are changing. We can't keep up with them. The world, the the city, the country, but the one thing that will not change is the mission of the church. We have not had a playbook for COVID. We haven't had a playbook for denominational matters. We, we do have a playbook for how to heal, how to love, how to serve, and how to go and make a difference. That is our mission, and it will not change. The thing is, we're already on mission. Uh, many of you were a part of the peanut butter and jelly assembly line project a few weeks ago. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Sticky, but a lot of fun. Yep, right? We, we set out to make 1,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to share with community partners. We ended up making 1,100 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Beautiful. So simple to feed hunger in that way. Well, um, one of our church members came and asked me, hey, do you know um, a pastor in our community named Dwayne Rembert? And I said, sure I do. Dwayne and I have been a part of several different things. Dwayne serves on the north side of Montgomery, uh, Chisholm area, around uh, in a church called Flatline Co Community Church, and does a great job. And we've been a part of several different things together. And they said, well, Dwayne, Dwayne is on his way over here. I said, really? What's Dwayne doing? He's picking up sandwiches. Dwayne arrives in our fellowship hall and he begins telling me the story. You see, uh, once a month, Dwayne's church, Flatline Church, does something a little bit differently. Then uh, they flip the script. Uh, instead of having uh, worship at 11 or, or 12 and then, and then going to, to lunch, they actually start walking their neighborhood streets around noon. And they go knock on doors and they go to people's yards and they're just walking the streets and they're praying and saying, hey, you know, my name is Dwayne. This is part of our, our serve team, our ministry team. And... Um, and we'd love to have you come to our 2 o'clock worship service in just a couple of hours. And all the while they're doing this, they're passing out some sort of snack and some waters. So a couple of weeks prior to our PB&J project, 
Dwayne sits his, his mission team down and says, hey, I have an idea. Uh, for this month's serve project, um, let's make PB, uh, peanut butter and jelly for Jesus sandwiches. And they said, that's great, Pastor. Where are we going to get that many sandwiches? And so within just a few minutes, someone from his church had called someone from our church and said, do you know where we can get some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Dwayne came over just prior to 12 o'clock, and he, he picked up the first 50 or 60 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and families in our community were able to eat in that moment because of that partnership. Something so simple as peanut butter and jelly, we said, that's, that's how we get to stay on mission. That's how you're making a difference. And right now, Ken Austin at Mercy House in the MAP Center, he's, he's trying, working towards opening the Mana House. He has this vision of feeding about a thousand people a day, and yes, they'll need resources, but they need volunteers it's a way that we can pledge our time. Pastor Richard Williams over at Metropolitan, my colleague and brother in Christ, he's opened the Beacon Center, and he has a full service of community needs that are provided there. He's getting ready to open a, a health clinic, and uh, they need things like um, supplies. They need things like a sink. They need all sorts of partnerships, and we do that every week through the Montgomery Area Food Bank. We partner with with Richard and the Metropolitan family on Rosa Parks. At Valiant Cross, you know Valiant Cross is close to my heart, on Dexter Avenue, former Dexter Avenue, United Methodist Church, and those scholars are, are currently meeting in a building without HVAC. And they are working so hard every single day. I'd love for you to go down there to Morning Village, Monday through Thursday at 7.30 a.m. Your heart will be blessed. Your cup will overflow. You will see the grace and love of Jesus Christ. They are how we remain on mission. The same is said about Hope Inspired Ministries, Reality and Truth, Friendship, Huntington College, so many others with whom we are on mission in our hometown. That's what today is about. It's about expanding the grace of God and, and showing up where the grace of God is already at work, sticking a stake in it and saying, God loves you and we do too. The other thing, I, I want to finish with this. That by pledging and giving to FUMC, um, we're supporting these efforts to change our corner of the world. And we're also supporting the world's most incredible church staff that I've ever seen. They are doing more with less because they have a heart for Jesus Christ and for you and for this community. I believe in our children and youth departments because I hear and see the hearts that are being changed. I, I believe in our 50-plus ministry because I see the, the connections that are starting to build and form and, and nurture around the congregation. I believe in respite. It, it gives me a vision of heaven. I, how could you not believe in these music ministries, right? I mean, it's like we're transported to this thin place where heaven and earth meet every single week. Amen? Yeah. I believe in what Lucas is doing with young adults and new members and how those families are breathing life into our church family. I believe in our, our two schools because I hear our, our kiddos walking around our campus 
uh, praying, really. They're singing the songs of, of Scripture. How many of you grew up singing Father Abraham and who built the ark? Noah. We're teaching them Scripture through song. I believe in our media ministries because I hear from people all over the world all the time about how impactful this broadcast is. And I believe in our food ministries. I believe in the value of hospitality. It's all signs that we are a hospital where people can find healing. I believe in us. And I believe you believe in us. I don't want church to ever be relegated to an event that we attend or, or the preacher any more than a, than a keynote address or the music and all this as entertainment or as a, a stage. I want us to shift our thinking and stop th thinking about going to church and instead being the church. Being the church that the world needs to begin finding healing and restoration and, and redemption. And so let's be the church today. So I'm asking uh, you as a member or a friend of, of this church, more so as a Christian in ministry by your baptism, to make a pledge that will align with with God's mission for the future. We say we won't be whole without you. That's one of our, our mantras. We won't be whole. God's kingdom won't be whole without us taking a step together this morning. James is going to come in just a second, and he's going to sing. And I hope you have your, your pledge card. If you didn't bring it with you, then there's one in your bulletin. There's one in the pew racks. And I, just want, you, I want you to take that card right now and just hold it in your hand. Okay? Just hold it right here in your hand. In just a moment, you're going to come down the center aisle. You're going to place it in these baskets. You can pray at either of these chancel rails as long as you like and then return down the side aisle to your seat. But I just, I just want you to hold this in your basket and say, God, thank you for letting me be a part of your future. Thank you for letting me be a part of your future with this church. Let us make our pledges, our commitments to God. Amen.